Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Thank you to our worship team. Oh my goodness, y'all didn't know that we... We do Beyonce in service, did y'all? That's actually, out of all the songs we do, that's one of my favorite. And I promise you, every time we sing it, it's extremely difficult for me to keep my composure because, you know, Beyonce may have written it for some other reason. I don't know. She could have written it for God, but, uh, you know, the world would say she wrote it for a man, and I don't know. But when I hear those lyrics, I, I think to myself, I don't know, God, why you love me. I, 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 I don't know why you love me. You, you, you catch me when I fall, simply flaws and all. That means all of my flaws, you still love me. Why? As much as I've turned my back on you, as much as I've not loved you the same way, I have not reciprocated the same love, I don't know why you love me. And every time we get to that part, I promise you, it just, it just does something to me where, thank you, where I just want to, uh, you know, break out crying because I really don't know why God loves me that way. I don't deserve it. Truth is, y'all don't deserve it. So today, we're going to talk and begin a new series called Flawed. And we'll talk about uh, how flawed we all are and how even in our flawedness, if you will, and all of our imperfection and all of our mess and all of our junk and all of our brokenness, God still loves us. And we'll even share some stories of people in the Bible who were just as flawed and broken and messy as we are, but God used them to do some stuff that would impact history. Let us pray. O oh, eternal and gracious God in heaven, right now in this moment, I'm going to move out of the way and I'm going to make all the room for you. I am here, this earthly vessel, prepared to be used by you. O oh God, speak boldly through me to your people. I pray that your words, these words that we'll share about being flawed, I, I pray that these words bypass the ears of these people who are listening and simply rest in the soul and on the hearts of the people so that when we leave this place, we leave better than how we came. O oh God, thank you for the license and permission to be your earthly ambassador. And I pray, O oh God, that this title that you blessed me with, I pray, O oh God, that I don't serve it in vain, but I serve it in honor of you. I pray that in these next few moments, I represent you like never before. Grant me wisdom. Grant me peace. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This beginning of this year has been trying real talk. 
I was so excited about the series that we ended called Margin. I was so excited about starting that series because I knew it would provide some life-giving message to you. But as we continued in that series, so many things happened personally and throughout the world and even with people that I know that it, it, it really shifted my thinking and I was desperate to come to a close to that series to begin this one just to talk about just how flawed we are. In my own personal life, I, I, I had to look in the mirror and see just how messed up I am, how, how flawed I am even as your pastor, how unworthy I felt to even hold such a title. I had to look in the mirror and see how flawed I am and felt so unworthy to hold the great honor of being somebody's husband. Because I didn't feel like I lived all the way up to their expectations. I had to look in the mirror and look and see how imperfectly flawed I am and say, I'm not worthy to be called some people's friend because when was the last time I called to say, hey, how you doing? I had to look at these things because some personal things happened to me in my life. Some old stuff, some old habits began to resurface in my life. And in all of this, I had to say, I am flawed. Then I watched on the internet uh, during the inauguration just all the hate amongst so-called Christians. I had to read on the internet so much hate, people saying our president is not a Christian because of this and that. Man, that's bull. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, that's enough. It is right there, baby. There's no more you have to do but other Christians, very influential pastors, saying such mean things about our president, a fellow Christian. I realize how flawed we are. A good friend of mine was on social media going back and forth, two very influential pastors just cussing each other out literally. All because of some stuff the world says. And I realized just how flawed we are. And as I look at this diatribe, this argument, this combative conversation between two influential leaders in our Christian faith, I read the comments below and I hear stuff like, that's why I don't go to church. This is why I stop going to church. This is why I don't call myself a Christian. And I wanted to stop and just comment on everybody and say, wait a minute, baby. Just because I add Christian to my DNA or my identity, that doesn't make me perfect. It makes me perfect for an opportunity for God to use me, but it doesn't make me perfect. As a matter of fact, from now on, when you say you're Christian, there needs to be something in there that says, I'm Christian, but that means I'm flawed. For some reason, the world has taught us to believe that Christianity means perfection, and that's a bunch of BS. So I've been desperate to get to this message to, to, to hopefully save some people, people that may even be listening to this, 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 this uh, podcast, that we are flawed. I'm sorry if somebody in church hurt your feelings. I'm sorry if you've been hurt by a pastor. But baby, let me tell you, we are flawed. That's no excuse for being hurt. But the truth is we are flawed. Because I'm a pastor, because I'm a Christian, because I'm in these four walls, don't make me perfect. It makes me a perfect example of what it means to be a Christian. 
throughout the Bible from the beginning to the end, Old Testament and New Testament, even the stuff that was taken out, it shows us how God used messed up, jacked up people with issues to do some incredible things that we read about 2,000 plus years later. Why does He put it in the Bible for us? So that we can see that no, nobody was perfect. We were a mess, but thank God you're a mess because He's going to work in you. The messier you are, the greater the opportunity. We are flawed. The world is flawed. You are flawed. This is a great time for me to dismiss the perfect people because this ain't going to be about you today. If you're perfect, you get a pass. We'll see you later. You definitely need to sit down. Glue him to the seat. Matter of fact, come in the front. The church, <laughs> the church is flawed. I often say, people say that uh, life imitates the church. I say, no, 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 no. The church imitates life because I'm messy on the outside because I come through some daggone doors. Don't mean all of a sudden, hallelujah. No. It means I'm carrying whatever flaws I carry throughout my day-to-day, however messy I am throughout the week, I'm bringing that with me. So that does mean that in church, I just may not like you. It does mean that even outside of church, I just might, may not like you. It doesn't mean that outside of church we had a, a, a beef on social media, then all of a sudden when I see you in church, oh, girl, how you doing? Hallelujah. How's everything? When really y'all were beefing just like 20 minutes ago on social media? Church imitates life. Because I call myself a Christian, don't make me perfect. That's going to be this whole mantra. In the New Testament, the Old Testament, full of people, flawed. Moses, a Hebrew, adopted by royal Egyptians. He had a speech impediment. He was a freaking murderer. He was a self-doubter. Did God use him to do some amazing things? You doggone right. Gideon struggled with pride and double-mindedness. David, oh, we know David. Everybody knows David's story. He was a murderer. He got caught up in lust. He struggled with uncontrollable passion. But what does God say? He's the one man in the Bible listed as a man after God's own heart. Even though he was jacked up, even though he stole dude's girl and had him killed to try to hide his mess, he's, God, you still identify. God's like, yes, that's my baby boy. Peter, oh, man, Peter has some anger management issues. Peter, like, kept his blade on him. Somebody said something about Jesus. He didn't even see him say, what you say? You know, I normally get that what you say moment. Like, what you say? No, what you say? What you say? No, nah, they were like, said whatever. We come to get Jesus. What? What? And cut dude's ear off. And was probably mad that Jesus put it back on the dude's face. Why Why you do that? You going to let him punk you like that, dude? Come on, Jesus. Peter had anger management issues. Let's talk about Matthew, the tax collector. Oh, my God. Tax collectors back then, they separate them. You had sinners, tax collectors, some holy people, Pharisees, and whatever. Tax collectors were like worse than the devil. They were like the devil times three. And here you have Matthew, one of the disciples. He actually has a whole book in the Bible dedicated that he wrote. You mean to tell me God didn't use a flawed person like that? Watch this. Paul. Oh, baby. 
Oh, baby, don't, don't you dare say you believe in this Jesus. Oh, man, he was going to have you persecuted, killed, whipped, whatever it took, beheaded. Paul was so bad, he cut your head off, stick it back on, and cut it again. He was a, a mess. But we call ourselves Christians because of this messed up, flawed man named Paul. Today, for these next few weeks, as we talk about being flawed, I want to open up the personal flaws that we have. And I want to do this because I'm so tired of hearing people saying, I don't go to church anymore. This is why I stopped going to church. The pastor only wants my money. They're so cliquish in church. I'm so doggone tired of hearing that. I'm so tired of us ruining it for people who really want God. Us. We get together. We get our cliques. I'm not going to say it, but I just overheard this morning two people who've been in this church together for a long time finally introduced themselves. I was like, huh? Did I just hear them make an introduction? That's crazy. We are so flawed. In the eyes of the world, Moses, Gideon, David, Peter, Matthew, Paul, Broderick, you, everybody else in the eyes of the world, we are considered not good enough or severely flawed to make the lasting impact that they made in civilization. We're severely flawed. As soon as you say Christian, spotlight on you, magnifying glass. Oh, he farted and didn't even say excuse me. He can't possibly be Christian. Real talk. Oh, I can't believe they cut me off with that fish on the back of it. They can't possibly be Christian. Maybe they didn't see you. Huh? I can't believe such and such didn't even speak to me, look me dead in my face. That don't mean they saw you. Why not stop them and you speak first? Huh? Real talk. Oh, I can't believe that, that, that Broderick was over there hanging out with a whole bunch of Muslims, offering prayer to them. Whoa, you can't possibly be Christian. What you doing hanging out with all them homosexuals? Why are you inviting all them homosexuals in your church? You can't possibly be Christian. Let's go to some Scripture here. I love what Matthew wrote, the tax collector. Matthew 9, 10 through 12 says this. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his, house, to his home as dinner guests, and along with many tax collectors. So not only was it just him, it was a whole bunch of messy, junky people having dinner together right? And other just, and watch this, then they throw some others. So, you got a bunch of tax collectors, and then you got some disreputable sinners. Like they, like you had sinners with the other people. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Sick people need a doctor. In other words, what he was saying is, they're not like you religious leaders who claim and think you know it all. They need to know the truth. They need the real good news, not this stuff that y'all are preaching. And if y'all are, you know, if, if we are not on your level, we're not accepted into your crew. If we don't have the same pedigree that you do, we're not accepted into your crew. No, Jesus was saying, I'm hanging with them because they need it. As a matter of fact, so do you. But y'all are too, your nose is too high up here. You're such a religious expert. You know everything. You assume that this ain't for you. No, baby, this is for you too because you're sick. The Pharisees totally missed that. They were so focused on, let me trip Jesus up and ask him, why are you, why, ask his disciples, why is your teacher hanging with these lowly people? 
They weren't focused on the fact that he was calling them out. He's like, y'all are sick. Y'all need a doctor, and I'm, I'm the one. Fix what you're talking about. I think that's why later on in the Bible, God used the Pharisee to actually, you know, propel this thing to heights unknown. And that Pharisee was Saul, who later became Paul. I think God realized that, you know what, Jesus, my son, did a fantastic job, but let me use one of their own kind to show them that I am actually in control. How amazing is that? Let me share some points with you. If you're taking notes, this is a good time to do that. Where these Pharisees were concerned about the title of these tax collectors and their so-called messiness based upon what the world's view of them was, God is not interested in all that. God is not interested in perfection. God is not interested in perfection. God specializes in using the flawed and the faultless. God specializes in using the flawed, not the faultless. I'm sorry about that. Not the faultless. Meaning somebody should be able to point a finger at you. People always say, I had a friend of mine say, she says, uh, oh, it's, it's a mutual friend of ours, by the way, Nikki. She said, y'all pastors always trip you out. Y'all got a story for everything. Y'all have done, y'all done, done all the stuff. Y'all are always messy. I said, that's why we're pastors, because we're so messy. You know, the messier we are, the closer we are to God, the more opportunity he is, he's available to just mold us and shape us. God uses the imperfect, not the impressive. Your fancy theology degree, doctor before reverend type of stuff, that don't mean squat if your heart ain't in the right place. That doesn't mean anything if your heart is not in the right place. It means that you spent a lot of money to get a degree to have a title that's going to get you a better salary, but how many souls are you saving for Jesus Christ? Here's the question. How do I you, us, we, how do I move beyond my flaws? Well, first of all, you got to realize you don't. <laughs> as long as you're on earth, you're going to be flawed. As long as you're here on earth, you will be flawed. But let me help you with some things to manage your flaws. Let's work on some things to manage your flaws. First thing you shouldn't do, watch this, first thing you should do, don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to others. Guilty as charged, always comparing myself to others as a musician, as a husband, as a father. I, I just, I'm just never good enough. Always comparing myself as a pastor. I'm like, man, this dude launched his church like two weeks ago. It's like 2,000 people there. Wow. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> man. Their marriage is so perfect. Mine is, I, you know, in the eyes of others, mine is great, but theirs is perfect. They can't possibly disagree, not the way they love each other. Got some news for you. Every time we compare ourselves to somebody, we're actually only comparing their strength. Every time we compare ourselves to somebody, we're only comparing their strengths. I would love to open up their little closet and see what their weaknesses are. Chances are they're pretty flawed like we are. Here's the other thing. While you're comparing yourself to somebody else's strengths, somebody's comparing their self to your strengths. They don't realize just how weak you are as well. Oftentimes, I trip out. People come up, man, man, you are such a great dad. And I was like, really? 
My daughter wanted to go scooter riding the other day, and I was like, nah, I'm too tired. Flawed. Man, you have such a great marriage, man. You and your wife seem so happy. Man, I haven't taken my wife out on a date in a month. Ask her if she feels that way. Man, you look like you guys are doing so great, man. You're making such an impact in the city of Mableton. Really? We're literally, we're literally surviving week to week. Let two people stop coming to this church and it could be a different story, baby. <laughs> you should be amazing how people talked about courageous. And then when they finally visited, they were like, this is correct. This is it? Y'all all over social media, y'all changing the world, and y'all in the office park with a parking lot that looked like dungeons and dragons, and I'm not even sure I want to even park in this place. And really, this is courageous that I read about on the internet? We are all flawed. We are all flawed. All right, let's go to some Scripture here. Psalms 139.14. This is one of my favorite Scriptures. It gives me so much hope. Watch this. I'm going to read it in two different versions for you. The first one is the New Living Translation. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Some of you may be used to hearing something close to this one. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The person who wrote this has all the authority in the world to write such a thing. I thank you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know all too well. It could have been a different circumstance. The person who wrote that was a king by the name of David who was jacked up. Like I told you earlier, he had some struggles with lust and passions and stuff. But yet he is thanking God. God could have turned the whole hand around on that thing. He could have been, y'all, I mean, it was during a time where God was like, you messed up? Like when people were messing up, we can start the first six chapters of the Bible. God started over at least two or three times. He's like, y'all didn't get it right. Let me just wipe the whole thing out, start all over. Oh, my God, you're sleeping with your daddy and you're standing, you're lying and you're doing this and blah. Let me start all over one more time. Goodness gracious. He could have done that with David. He didn't. So when David says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, I'm so perfectly, your workmanship is, is marvelous. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. David is like, I'm going to praise him all the way because he could have wiped me out like he did generations ago. Stop comparing yourself. You are made in God's own image. What you do, nobody does like you. And when you compare yourself to others, remember you're comparing yourself to their strengths. Remember they have some weaknesses. Moving on. I love what Romans 12, 4 through 8 reminds us. It's not in there, but it reminds us that we are, part, we are many parts of one body with different functions. If you, have, if you get the chance, go to Romans. It tells us that we are all a part of one body. So as a body, everything has its own functions, and we work together in concert for the whole body to move. Now, if all of a sudden an eye says, I don't want to be an eye no more, I want to be a nostril, it would kind of jam things up, right? Or if the ear said, I don't want to hear no more, let me smell, you'd be walking around like this, smelling stuff. Huh? If all of a sudden a body part said it didn't want to do what it was called to do, uh, it would kind of jam up the whole system, right? All of a sudden if a bird said, I don't want to fly no more, I want to walk around and have conversations, I want to make my own decisions, I want to get a job, uh, it would kind of mess up things, right? 
And we as humans need to realize we have a function. Stay in your lane. Thank you, Ice. Stand in this lane. Hallelujah. Second point, we're moving fast here. We're moving fast here. This is a hard one. Ooh, this is hard even for me. Number two, your sin is not who you are. Your sin is not who you are. Oh, my God, that's the big one for me. Confession. May I? I have anger management issues. Doesn't take much to, get, to, 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 to click me off. I promise you. I, I can just click in a minute, and I realized that just a few weeks ago. And I don't know what got a hold of me. I just went back into my old school days. Someone offended me on social media. It was a family member. And instead of, like, just making a call or even ignoring it, oh, big bad old brody, I pull up to the house unannounced. What you say about me? <laughs> Pastor. Oh, I'm so angry with myself that I did that. And now we're both, that party and me, we're like, who's going to apologize first? I wasn't wrong. No, you're wrong. And I've, 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 I've extended an olive branch, just so y'all know. But that's just bad. You call yourself a pastor, but then I realize I'm flawed. So what? Pastor's title. I'm still a mess. I get angry and pout and leave the house sometimes because I can't get my point across. Sometimes I just don't want to be around nobody, even the kids. I'm flawed, y'all. I'm not alone, though. All of y'all are just like me. Sometimes you just don't want to do nothing. You don't want to cook dinner. You don't want to be home. Sometimes you drive around the block a couple times before you go into your garage at the house. There's too many people smiling. I must have told some. <laughs> huh? Sometimes you stop and get you a snack and eat it in the driveway because you don't want to share it. I'm the only one. Please, I'm going to tell the truth. You are not your sin. I used to be a major playboy, big time. And people can't forget that about me. So, so when, I, when, I, when I say I'm a pastor, they're like, yeah, brother, but you used, to, you, you used to do some things. I used to do some legal things. I used to do some illegal things. Thank God I've never served any jail time. Thank God I have the kids that I have and not a whole bunch. Thank God I'm, not, I'm alive to tell my story from the stupidity. And that person that was getting ready to walk out, I know some of their story too. Thank God God saved me. And thank God I'm not living that. I'm not allowing what those people who don't believe in that, that I've changed I'm thanking God that I'm moving past that. And I realize that I am not what I used to be. That change does happen. And all of that was to build me up. The messier my life was, God used it. Here's the thing. Our mission here, in case you don't know, is to reach people where they are, how they are, regardless of who they are, with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Reach people where they are. I'm not talking about location. I'm talking about where they are in their walk, if they even have a walk kills me when people says, I'm not very religious. Me either, but I am a Christian. It's religious Christians that made you stop coming in the first doggone place. Reach people where they are, how they are, jacked up, jammed up, a mess, regardless of who they are, black, white, Latino, gay, straight, in the middle somewhere. 
Can you be in the middle of gay? I don't know. Maybe. Wherever they are with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, regardless of your past or current sin, you are welcome here. And I'm not talking you are welcome here at Mosaic Church. I'm talking about you are welcome in God's church. And any church that says, you know, uh, uh, you can't come here, you got too much sin, or anybody who tries to lay his hand on you and try to cure you or heal you of your sin, run. It's a cult. Tell them I said it. My name is Broderick Santiago. I said it for those listening on the podcast. Real talk. They're not going to lay hands on all of a sudden you're going to become healed. If anything, that offend the mess out of me. I wish you would lay your hands on me because I have flaws. Let me lay mine on you and see what flaws come out of your monkey behind. I'm flawed, y'all. I told y'all I got anger management problems. Me and Peter are like cousins or something. I just don't keep my blade on. Romans 5, 20 through 21 says this. This is what Paul is saying. I love Paul so much. He was just the most flawed person I know. He says, all that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin did it and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive, the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. Not just forgiveness, aggressive, means that it comes at you with power. It's a powerful forgiveness that God offers us, and it's called grace. And when it's sin versus grace, guess who wins? Grace, hands down, no competition, baby. The fight is fixed. All sin can do is threaten us. It can't even do it. It can only threaten us with death, and that's the end of it. I've sinned. You you're going to die, maybe, says sin, because you've sinned. The world, ooh, you've sinned, you're in trouble, you, you might die. That's a threat. God says, grace, you've sinned, confess your sins, grace will cover your sins. Come on back, baby, you're going to mess up. I know the plan. I know the deal. I know what's going to happen. I put you in this damned place called earth. I know you're going to be tempted. I know there's going to be struggles. I know you're not going to get along with everybody, but I have grace, and it's free. It's yours. Now, go ahead and wrap yourself in a little bit of it, and go and sin no more. And if you do again, I got some more. It don't ever run out. It never runs out. All sin can do is threaten us with death, and that's the end of it, baby. Grace because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life. Grace invites us into life, a life that goes on and on and on and on, world without end. Grace covers you forever. Grace covers you forever. Galatians, I love what Paul says to the Galatians here. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Right before Paul says this, he's talking about those things that leads us into sin. He talks about those temptations that leads us into sins. And, and, and Paul is saying, 
Forget about that. I know what leads you there, but watch this. That same stuff that leads you there, that spiritual stuff that leads you to sin, guess what else you have? All you got to do is just take some bite of this fruit. You have, watch this, you have love. You have joy. You have peace. I got an anger management. Yeah, but you also have love. Uh, 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 I'm always mad. The world is out to get me. Yeah, but there's some joy on the inside of you. Oh, my world is coming to an end. I'm so lonely. But check this out. You got some peace to match that. Oh, man, I wish stuff would happen faster. Hold on, baby. Tap into that patience that you got with it. Everything you think you have that's a problem, there's something to complement it or combat it that is positive. We so often look at our glasses half empty all the time. Flip it. Your glass is half full. There's more opportunity to pour some more of this stuff in there. Huh? Some of this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness. Oh, my God. Don't let your sin dictate who the world thinks you are. They're going to see you Christian mess up, and they're going to judge you. But remind them, yes, I am a Christian, and because I'm a Christian, I am flawed. It was designed to be that way, baby. But let me tell you something. The Bible is full of men and women that were flawed that God used to change this whole history of the world as we know it. Third point. Third point. The first thing is, is uh, the first point, again, was don't compare yourself to others. Second thing is your sin is not who you are. Here's the third thing you must do to live beyond your flaws. Overcome wrong thinking. Overcome wrong thinking. Confession, again. Destructive thoughts about myself occur frequently. God, I cannot leave this church. It, you, I, I, think, I think maybe I, I wanted to do this. I don't think you call me. God is like, fool, why would you say I didn't call you? Because, the number, because of numbers? Huh? Let's talk about the numbers of people who are there that love what's going on, who are attached to the vision. God, me and, me and E just ain't getting along this week, man. I, I, I think this wasn't right. Really? Have you ever been happier in your entire freaking life, fool? Nope, you're right, you're right. Because of one moment? God, I'm not as good as these other percussionists. They're traveling all around the world, and I can't do that anymore because I got a family. Right, but I got something else I need you to do. And stop your dog on whining. That's me. Constantly wrong thinking. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of this beautiful life that you give me. I'm not worthy of this wife. I'm not worthy to father these beautiful children. I'm not worthy to pastor this church. I'm not worthy, God. I'm not equipped. I'm not prepared. Stop your wrong thinking. I'm not the only one who thinks that. I've messed up. I'm not good enough. I shouldn't serve in a leadership capacity. I'm not trained enough. I'm not equipped enough. This is not for me. You should be calling somebody else. I'm not good enough. Change your thinking. I love what the Bible says here. Romans, Paul says this. Paul is really good because he was that messy, so he had a lot to write and talk about. He says in Romans 12, 2, Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? By changing the way you think. 
Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Change your thinking. So all these times when I'm doubting myself, and this is just not for me, it's for you. When you're doubting, when you think you're not good enough, when you think the world is coming against you and the walls are closing in, you need to change your thinking. And remember, forget what the world said about you, Christian. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're so flawed. You're such a mess. How can you call yourself a Christian? Start thinking about what God said. You know what God said about you? Let me tell you. God said you are more than a conqueror. Begin to think about those things. Regardless of your flaws, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not even even death. Oh, begin to think about those things. You may feel inadequate, but remember that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Oh, yeah, baby, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. These are things that God said about you, and guess what? You are made in His own image. When He made you, baby, He broke the mold. When He made Joe, He made just Joe McDonald. When He made Gerald Howard, He made Gerald Howard. There wasn't another one. There could be a junior or a senior, but He's the one He made. When He made Alex, He made Alex. When He made Sam, He made Sam. When He made Broderick, He made me. He made a junior, but he's not me. I am the head, not the tail. These are the things that God has said about me, not what the world has said about me. Let these thoughts about what your father says about you bypass your thinking. Stop the wrong thinking and remember what God has said about you. And let what he said about you not sit in your skull in this thing called the brain, but let it bypass the thinking and rest on the heart because that's where it matters, on your heart. And as long as you let it rest on your heart, you will flaw, you will mess up, you will trip up, you won't be perfect, and God will say, remember what I told you. Remember what I, what I called you. If you mess up, I got this big G thing, and I'm going to give you some of it because I got plenty of it, baby. I've got plenty of it. So here it is. Final thought. Though we are all flawed, we are made in the image of God. And He loves us. Flaws and all. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Not even death. I don't know what you're going through in this place today. But I want to let you know, I don't care if, if, if I'm talking to you or not, if you've been a doubter, if you've not been a doubter, if you think you're perfect or not, I don't know what is going on in your life right now. But I want to let you know that God loves you. Embrace your flaws. Don't let the church or other Christians or religious zealots run you away from God. Eternal and gracious God of heaven. I pray that right now in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls the symphony of praise begins. The praise for you, God, who extends grace regardless of our imperfections, regardless of our shortcomings, regardless of how we failed you. You extend grace, and for that alone, we say thank you. Thank you, God. When we didn't deserve it, your mercy and grace covered us. When we turned our backs and didn't confess our love to you, you still loved us and embraced us and carried us as your children. So thank you. 
And because of that, I pray, oh God, that the symphony of praise extends beyond the borders of this building right now and goes out into the community and stretches beyond the community to the world, God. Because, because of your grace and mercy, we are here. Because of your protection, we are here. Because of your love, God, we are here for all and all. God, I thank you for the stories that you placed in this wonderful book called the Bible. It allows us to go back and see just how you've used flawed people to do amazing and impactful things that forever change the world as we know it. Even when we feel imperfect, God, let us resort to the Bible as for answers and not our peers in the world and our culture. But the Bible, not even the pastor, can, can dictate how wonderful we are in our flawed and broken situation like the Bible can. So God, as we leave this place, but certainly not from your grace, bless us. Guide us and cover us, protect us until we meet again. Amen. I pray that God covers you all. I don't know where you are. Make a connection with God today. Even if you're praying every day, you're journaling, I don't, I don't know. But my heart tells me that there's some hurt with some heaviness in this place. I can feel it. I'm not that deep. But if I can feel it, then that's something. Whatever that is. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.